With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome everyone to Splash Damage episode 98. I am your host, Scrivenaut, joined as always by my lovely wife and co-host. No, Rayla. And we're here to give you the correct opinions about video games, anime, comics, all that good stuff. Uh, if you like our show, head on over to patreon.com slash and there you can throw some money our way. Really helps. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. We'll keep making the show for free, but uh, consider sharing it with friends, leaving comments and ratings. And uh, it really just helps the show grow. Uh, not too much on the table today. Not too much um, on the table. Big budget games are not sustainable, in case you didn't know. Call of Duty is renaming an operator. Um, and we'll get into the hilarious details as to why. Um, the Hollywood diversity initiatives that we talked about a few episodes ago are might be challenged, which would be amazing. Uh, Snow White isn't going to have any dwarves. What is she going to have? We'll find out. Okay. And apparently they renamed the upcoming Captain America movie because uh, it was triggering. I and, feel uh, triggered. Why do feel triggered? Maybe we'll talk about uh, Indiana Jones if we have time. But the first thing I want to talk about is the new Assassin's Creed ca- game coming out called uh, Codenamed Red. It's apparently, according to uh, this one website, GG. <laughs> this one website, that's, that is. Good gadget. Go, go, dad. Is, uh, it's going to have female samurai and African shinobi, which really doesn't make any sense. So let's get into this article, and uh, we'll learn about it here. Um, hold on. The archived article has nonsense over the first graph, so I'm going to look up the actual article. What the heck is happening? 66 cool things to buy on Amazon. That's not the right article. Okay. Insider Tom Henderson has revealed the first details about the highly anticipated Assassin's Creed game set in feudal Japan. By the way, this is something that fans of Assassin's Creed have been asking for for years. Assassin's Creed is a game where you go through um, the past, and uh, you know there's been pirate-themed ones, and even one set in biblical times, and uh, people have been waiting for the feudal Japan version. And here, here we go. Here we got it. Finally. Here we. Oh, and there was even an Egyptian version. I know I watched you play because that's poor, that's all purpose. Love it! So here's what we know Assassin's Creed Codename Red, which was announced in September 2022, will feature two main heroes. According to Henderson, they will be a female samurai and an African shinobi. So, feudal Japan. Sure. And you don't even get to play as a male Asian samurai, which is, you know, kind of. A big deal. Were samurais only? Samurais were definitely not women. Okay. Um, I mean, there might be one or two. There's always exceptions to the rules. But my limited knowledge of samurai is, uh, you know, like all warriors from the past, they were men. Okay. And then an African shinobi, I don't even know what that is. A shinobi, it doesn't even make sense. A shinobi is a, well, let me let me look up the actual definition. 
Um, a ninja or a shinobi was a covert agent, mercenary or guerrilla warfare expert in feudal Japan. Why would there be an African shinobi? That, I mean, it just, okay. <gasps> What's annoying about all this is that for some reason, the world and media at large view Asians as just white people. And so it's okay to respend them. So if this had been a game about African culture, if the main male character would have been Asian, that would have been seen as sacrilegious. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You mm -hmm. cannot take a black character and make him Asian. But for some reason, you can take Asian culture and quote-unquote blackwash it. And you can take male culture, which feels dumb to say, but just for the sake of argument, you know, samurai, male-dominated role in feudal Japan, and mm -hmm. just make one of make it a woman. It, it why why can't we just have your typical Asian male Japanese samurai characters and samurai or uh, shinobi characters mm -hmm. um, the article says uh, also Henderson sources told us that Assassin's Creed codename Red will, uh, game will have stealthy gameplay which makes sense and will use many elements from the popular stealth games like Hitman and Splinter Cell uh, Ubisoft has not yet announced a release date for Codename Red, but it's probably scheduled for autumn 2024, um, though it could be moved to 2025. Um, so yeah, it. Uh, now we got we got to take all this with a huge grain of salt because it is indeed, um, you know, rumors. Um, as a matter of fact, this article looks like it's kind of old, from March earlier this year, um, but it. Uh, it, it's not surprising at all, I guess mm -hmm. I would say, that they would take Asian culture and just like, oh, we've got to have a black guy in there, and we've got to have women in there, um, even though... I mean, no, but they, you know, go off, I guess. I know. It's... I just can't imagine being a Japanese fan of these games and seeing this and going, wait, so I can't even play as a Japanese male in, in this game that I've been waiting for for years? Like, right. Now, at the end of the day, race doesn't matter that much. It really doesn't. What What's significant about this is that the developers felt the need to basically shoehorn in women and shoehorn in black people to where they historically don't make sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the very first time I've ever heard of an African shinobi. Um, I just googled African shinobi and I'm getting a specific person named Yasuke was a man of African origin who served as a retainer and weapon bearer to the Japanese leader Oda Nobunaga. Nobun Nobunaga. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> Time Magazine, the true story of Yasuke, the black samurai in Japan. Um, so it was such a rarity to have black shinobi that I'm only seeing record of one ever having existed. Well, that clearly he was the one that this was mailed, modeled off. After. I'm sure they, they found the one guy. I'm sure that's what they did. Okay. Quite honestly, um, it's just weird that they felt the need to do that. It'd be one thing if African shinobi were pretty popular in feudal Japan, which doesn't make sense historically, but that's one thing. But mm -hmm. to decide, okay, there was one black samurai who existed in history, and our one attempt to, at a feudal Japanese Assassin's Creed game, we're going to put that black guy in this game as the character you play as. You can't play as a regular samurai. It just, 
it's just it's just re- it reinforces the idea that in media for whatever reason white people and Asians along with them are seen as disposable. It's 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 really weird. Here's another uh, article from Omni Geek Empire. Um, I had to talk about this potential Assassin's Creed red leak as I found the approach, if true, quite interesting and could yield some interesting narrative telling. The most recent leaks I'll be talking about comes from an undisclosed inside source via Insider Gaming. According to the leak, we should expect to see a female samurai character and the as-of-yet unseen shinobi who is understood to be an African refugee that learned the way of the creed. The female samurai isn't something out of the norm in feudal Japan, um, as they were known as Ana Bugashi. I'm not even going to try. Um, they were members of the Bushi warrior class in feudal Japan and were trained in the use of weapons to protect their household, family, and honor in times of war. Um, didn't know that. That's interesting. The African refugee is the interesting one. I can already see certain people lose their minds over the idea of playing an African shinobi in Japan. In fact, I've already seen people make the claim that since Assassin's Creed Red is set in Japan, the main character should be of Japanese origin. Yeah, imagine that. Quick to call it blackwashing or SJW nonsense, which it is. Mm-hmm. However, that's never been the rule. Look at Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, set in the West Indies. Um, however, the main character, Edward James Kenway, is a Welsh-born British privateer turned pirate, yet no one had any issues with that narrative spin at the time. There are also side characters like Irish assassin Shay Patrick Cormac, whose story is set in the North Atlantic, and Haytham Kenway, the British-born Templar uh, in America. Okay, um, I didn't play too many of these games or pay much the attention to the story, but I'll talk about that last one. Uh, Haytham Kenway, the British-born Templar in America. The reason that makes sense from a narrative perspective is because the British invaded America, um, you know, for the American Revolution. That's what the story is set around. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Um, I don't know Shay Patrick Cormick in the North Atlantic... And as far as the Edward James Kenway, the Welsh-born British privateer turned pirate, being in the West Indies, well, he's a pirate. He's taken to the seas and going to a different country. Yeah. Pirates um, can be, honestly, from anywhere because they hailed from one spot and their literal main job is to travel around. Yes. So the idea of taking um, feudal Japan and just putting in a black character just to, because one existed in history at it'd be one thing if they made it a an npc but the fact that you can only play as this black guy um i bet that rubs people that are of japanese descent the wrong way the article continues the point i am making is that there's no set rule that a protagonist of an assassin's creed game has to be born in said region well we're not making that argument we're just saying you got one shot at this why would you why would you choose to do it yes. this way? To answer the question, people are asking where, uh, where their African were their Africans present in feudal Japan for Ubisoft to pull a character out of? Yes, but not a lot. In the mid 16th century, Africans arrived in Japan alongside Europeans as crew members, servants, and slaves. Only Yasuke, the African slave turned samurai, became a notable figure in Japanese history. We don't know if there were others who were left out. Uh, uh, who were out, left behind, sold, or escaped while docking in Japan. It gives room for Ubisoft to work something out. Basically, don't expect to see Africans walking around feudal Japan. Then why make the samurai black? Um, yada, yada, yada. 
So I'm not just I'm not saying that it's completely lore inaccurate to have black samurai. I'm just saying <laughs> there's a double standard here because you would never have a game set in Africa. Assassin's Creed would never game make a game set in Africa and make the cast that you can play as any other color but black. Yeah, exactly. But there are white Africans. That's that's true. There are white Africans. That's true. Uh, anyway, not much more to say about that. Uh, I, I'm not too into Assassin's Creed games anymore because they're just bloated and nonsensical. But if one's set in feudal Japan and it's all stealthy, that sounds pretty cool to me. I might check it out. Anyway, moving on. Big budget games, not sustainable. This is an article from Games Radar from, you know, earlier this month. Developers across the industry react to The Last of Us Part II's $220 million budget. Now, me and some friends were talking about this recently. Um, there's been a lot of games that have come out recently that we've played that just feel pretty bare bones and lacking. Um, I'm playing through Diablo 4. It's fun. But I know there's a lot of people that have beaten that game. I'm not one of them. Who are complaining about how boring the end game is. Um, and lots of people are ironically saying, let's go be back to Diablo 3 because the end game in Diablo 3 is more fun. And then you've got, you know, I'm playing through Hogwarts Legacy right now and it just feels pretty lackluster and bland. Um, lots of games that come out nowadays are straight up broken, just completely not working. And so, you know, me and my friends are having a discussion. It's like these games have more people working on them than ever. They have more money than ever, but they just lack heart. They lack soul. They lack passion. And uh, now they cost a quarter of a billion dollars to make. So the article says, developers across the industry are offering insight following a fresh look at just how much money it costs to make some of the biggest games. Earlier this week, poorly redacted court documents revealed the time and budget allocated to Horizon Forbidden West and The Last of Us Part II. Both games took more than five years and more than $200 million to develop. Which makes me think if they're spending that much time and money, how they're making that money back. Because both of those games are single player games uh, without like microtransactions and stuff. So it's just curious, like, how are they making a profit? Yeah. But they must be or they wouldn't be doing it. It took 300 employees working from 2017 to 2022 to make Horizon Forbidden West at a cost of $212 million, while Naughty Dog peaked at 200 at 200 studio employees as it spent $220 million over 70 months. It's rare that we get this kind of detail on the cost of game development. Earlier this year, news that the poorly received Forspoken had cost $100 million shocked players. That these two games could cost more than double that is no great surprise, but the response to the exact figures has rippled across the industry, with developers helping to put some of those numbers into perspective. On the one hand, there are tr the AAA developers, former Psychonauts 2 developer Lizette Montgomery noted that Sony spent $220 million over six years to make The Last of Us Part II before they saw a single penny in return, claiming that game teams this size are this long for this long are not sustainable. Former Capcom and Xbox producer Shauna put that in further perspective, pointing out that that means the studio was spending $15,000 a month per employee on average. Oh, wow which doesn't necessarily translate into salaries, but rather reflects headcount costs at a total rate of $3 million. That's understood to be a pretty standard rate in the US, and it highlights why games sometimes just just simply can't, uh, can't just simply be delayed. The cost of doing so quickly mounts up. Elsewhere, Bungie producer 
Nigel Davis points out that this is actually below the market rate for tech jobs, claiming that almost everyone working in games is taking a pay cut. If we were to work in other fields, we'd make much more. Elsewhere, elsewhere developers have discussed the additional costs not associated with those development figures. Third-party contracts are unlikely to have been influenced in official headcounts and development budgets, but may number in the several hundreds. Marketing budgets, sometimes as expensive as the development of the game itself, are also not included here. On the other side of the equation are the indie developers, many of whom would love just a tiny slice of those AAA budgets. Chananda, I'm not even going to pronounce that, Chananda, game director on dating Sam Thirsty Suitors, said $200 million plus development budget of a AAA game to indie scale is wild. Former Vlambeer developer Rami Ismail said that I'd need a tenth of that to fund 20 to 30 incredible indie games by super cool devs around the world. That sentiment has been shared a lot elsewhere, with many indie devs suggesting that a fraction of a percent of Naughty Dog's budget could be transformative for their careers. Well, when it gets down to it, um, Sony has the money to front for the uh, for their games. Sony being the publisher of Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part Two. So if you want a slice of that cake, I'm sorry this isn't communist Russia. You're not gonna just go on Twitter and say, I could use some of that money, please give it to me, Sony. Uh, make a deal with Sony. Have them fund your game. Um, but it's true that there are games out there that are far and above better than AAA games, and they're made for a fraction of the cost. And it's like, how dumb are we as consumers that just because a game has a $70 price tag and five years of development behind it and a $200 million budget, we go, yep, that game's definitely going to be good. Mm-hmm. Let's buy it. And all that does is tell the developers, keep making crap like this. Yeah, that's true. When instead, we could be buying those passionate indie games. They're going to be cheaper. That will be cheaper mm-hmm. and also signal to developers at large, your game doesn't need to be made by a studio of 300, million, or three, 300 people over five years for $200 million for it to be good. There are games out there that are made by sole, single people that are every bit as good as the best AAA games. So, um, sport indie devs, is guess, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sport the indies. Yeah. Um, it's been so long since I've played a great game, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. The Elden last Ring. great one was Elden Ring. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Elden Ring. I remember that weekend vividly. <laughs> but, you know, I bet you Elden Ring cost a fraction of what these studios spent um, a fraction of the time and it's just it's, they're every bit as good as a matter of fact they're better the gameplay mm-hmm. salad that's all you need that's yes. all you need that's true that's very true Call of Duty Call of the Dudes Call of Duty has renamed an upcoming operator um, let's see here Trying to find it. Would you just read your note? Yeah, I just want to make sure it's true. Okay, so Izanami 
is an upcoming operator featured in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and Call of Duty Warzone 2.0. She is going to be released during Season 4, so this is a character you can play as, apparently. Okay, I, I barely know about these Call of Duty games because they're garbage. Um, if you search Call of Duty is Anami, you will find a fandom article that says what I just read aloud. When you click the link to the article, though, the page comes up as Izzy, not Izanami. And do you know why that is? Um, something is offensive about Izanami. Correct. Izanami, backwards, is I'm a Nazi. <laughs> I think it's an excellent name. So Name our next child, Dad. <clears throat> so I guess now she's going to go by her nickname, Izzy, because God forbid we have something that could even be read backwards as offensive. Yes, trivia if you scroll down. Izzy was originally announced as Izanami. The name came from the Shinto mother goddess in Japanese mythology, Izanami no Mikoto. So it even has historical relevance, but they still decided to change... So I'm guessing she's Asian. Mm. They still decided to change the name because backwards it's... I'm a Nazi. I just... We live in a clown world, man. Like, clowning. You just you straight up clowning. You know what probably happened is someone... In New Orleans, we say you're acting a fool. <laughs> Call of Duty probably tweeted out this announcement about Izanami. Let's welcome our newest character, Izanami. And then probably some woke moron immediately retweeted it and said, I am so offended. This backwards is I'm a Nazi. Is this the kind of I game? immediately put this name into all of my is this offensive generators. And after hours <laughs> oh, of that. and after hours of AI working relentlessly, they finally came up with one shred of offensiveness. Is a Nami spelled backwards? Is I a Nazi? Great, now we're just supporting white supremacists. Terrorists. That was brilliant. Thank yes. Um, it also could have been just some troll that just noticed it and just was responded like, right, and I'm said, LOL, enough. this says I'm a Nazi backwards, but that the fact that they changed it. is living happily. It'd be one thing if they, the name was completely made up, but the fact that it's based on an actual Japanese goddess and they still changed it, I mean, hilarious. What's next? Are we going to call Japan? I mean, we already think that they're goddess, white people. That goddess is going to send all the Nazis after you. <laughs> Just call She's like, Japan. all right. Change your god's name. It's offensive. And it's you guys are white, so you have to listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. So we spoke uh, a couple episodes ago about... Maybe his last episode, actually, about Hollywood's diversity initiatives. Yes, and how, and how that's the only way you can win an Emmy. Yes, you will either have to have a certain number of women or people of color. Or gays. Yes, on your cast or in uh, on your crew. Mm-hmm. And if you don't reach that quota... No Emmy for you. No, it doesn't matter how good the movie is, you are not eligible for an Emmy. It's ridiculous. Well, according to The Hollywood Reporter... Headline, Hollywood diversity initiatives may be challenged after Supreme Court affirmative action ruling. The deck says the justice's decision to strike down race-conscious admissions could have a chilling effect, chilling effect, more like a based effect, and cause elevated scrutiny around diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Good. There should be scrutiny. So the article says, while Hollywood has been a longtime target in the culture wars, this time Fortune 500 firms were hit first. Um... The initial mark was Starbucks, then it was Morgan Stanley. The Hershey Company and McDonald's were struck soon after, with BlackRock close behind. Since last year, American First Legal Foundation, a conservative group founded by Stephen Miller, 
a White House political advisor under the Trump administration, has been filing complaints with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission against major companies arguing corporate diversity and hiring practices run afoul of civil rights laws. Now that the U.S. Supreme Court has struck down race-conscious admissions in colleges and universities, legal experts say Hollywood should brace for elevated scrutiny around diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and that employers in the private sector could see a surge of reverse discrimination complaints. The legal challenges will be bolstered by the court's reasoning questioning the use of racial preferences in any context. Legally, the ruling is limited to higher education and likely won't directly affect companies which are governed by a separate set of federal and state anti-discrimination laws that don't allow employers to consider race in hiring decisions. But its impact may soon be felt across Hollywood and beyond from a shakeup in the pipeline of students that the entertainment industry would recruit to a chilling effect on businesses wary of litigation over hiring practices and programs aiming to boost diversity. So, um, I am all for this. When I heard about the diversity initiatives in uh, Hollywood, I thought it was sickening. Um, I think there was a famous director that I watched a video of not long ago who just who when asked about these diversity things he just said it's it's ridiculous he says are you telling me that I as a white guy can never play a black person are you telling me that uh, a gay man can never play a straight person are you telling me to pick people based on their who they are as a person and not what they can portray on the screen it's ludicrous and it's um, the antithesis of art and I have to wholeheartedly agree that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. When people make movies, no one cares about the genetic or racial or sexual or gender makeup of anyone putting it together. We just care that it's good, that it tells a good story. Yeah, if you're going to go off of that, then no superhero movies would exist. Because no superheroes are actually real. <laughs> Except for maybe Superman. Henry Cavill, I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced he's actually a superhero. It, you might be right. But I'm all for this. I mean... Yeah. And I hope there's scrutiny around this stuff because there should be scrutiny. The fact that people that is now seen as just okay and socially acceptable to, to be like, we need to hire more black people is ludicrous. You don't need to hire more black people. You need to hire the best people for the job. And if they end up being black people, great. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, if you have a movie that's set in a certain time period where it makes sense that you're, you know, certain characters need to be black because of that's how it was portrayed in history and some characters need to be white. Like, that's okay. Yes. That's okay. Yes. And so, um, yeah, and people should be hired for the race of the role that they're playing. Yep. yep. Um, you shouldn't be... It's funny, because, like, um, if there's a white character in a movie, or in a comic, and they want to bring it to a movie, it's okay for Hollywood to take that character and make them black, like they're doing with Hermione in the upcoming HBL uh, Harry Potter series. But... It would be whitewashing and completely inappropriate to take a person of color from media and make them and hire a white person to portray them. It needs to be equal. That's and the Supreme Court's ruling is uh, in the spirit of equality. Mm -hmm. The article continues. There will be fights in the corporate setting, said Neil Cattell, former U.S. Acting Solicitor General at the Aspen Ideas Festival on June 29th, after the order was issued. This decision has implications for how corporations think about their DEI programs, their commitments to affirmative action, and the like. Tristan Morales, a partner at O'Melveny and Myers, who leads the firm's affirmative action working group, notes the ruling's ripple effects on employment law. He stresses there will be more lawsuits challenging DEI programs. Good! 
For nearly half a century, race-conscious admissions were permitted, in part based on the idea that there are educational benefits to having a diverse student body. Race was allowed to be considered as long as it wasn't the sole determinant. The decision from the Supreme Court abandons that premise in favor of a purportedly colorblind approach to college admissions. And when you're, being apl when you're applying for a job or for um, a college, it should be race-blind. There shouldn't be, that stuff shouldn't matter. All that matters is your intelligence and your merit. The article goes on and on, but I think we I think we said enough here. It's uh, the Supreme Court is based race, and so is uh, the idea of destroying Hollywood's diversity initiatives. Um, speaking of movies, Snow White apparently is being remade live action. You Terrible know. idea. Of course, but they're doing it to every movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they made Ariel Black, so why don't they take Snow White and get rid of the Seven Dwarfs? The movie's called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and now... So what's it called now? Snow White. I don't know. That's stupid. This article from the Daily Mail. Exclusive. Peter Dinklage, Dinklage just put seven of us out of a job. Dwarf actors fury at Disney for canceling Seven Dwarfs from Snow White remake because the woke multimillionaire Game of Thrones star said they were offensive. So, according to the article... So, them... There are, there are real dwarves in real life. They are people that are, I don't, born with dwarf, was it dwarfism? Is that what it's yes. called? Yes. They're called short people. Short. Who, who gives a crap what they're called? If, if the condition's called dwarfism, you're a dwarf. Like, there's nothing, that's not offensive, that's just, that's what you have, like, that's what you were born with. Great. Yes. So they're offensive, like, them existing on this planet. What Peter Dinklage is saying is that to, highlight their dwarfism well actually i don't want to speak for him let's read this and find out but basically what's so are we supposed to ignore dwarves what's funny about peter dinklage is that he played um in elf a uh, a guy who was treated differently because of his dwarfism he was referred to as an elf by will ferrell's character it was hilarious yes and then in Game of Thrones, he played a dwarf character who was, again, treated differently because of his dwarfism. Uh, yes, he was, yeah. In Snow White, I don't think any of the dwarves are treated any differently because of their dwarfism. No, she, they're just, they're, they're interesting, and they're funny, and they, they are there right alongside with Snow White. And, and by the way, there's a, there's, a, there's a confusion here because there's dwarves in the real world that actually exist mm -hmm. who have the conditioned dwarfism mm -hmm. and then there's the mythological dwarves like from fantasy and that's what i think the dwarves from snow white are they are the mythical beings dwarfs yes. the reason pe dwarves today are called dwarves is because they're be they're called that based on the actual mythical beings so um what's funny is that peter dinklage doesn't have any problem with dwarfs portraying real dwarfs but if a dwarf portrays a fictional one like uh, the mythical being, I guess that's the problem. But let's read this and find out what he actually thinks. So according to the Daily Mail, dwarf actors Dylan Postel, Jeff Brooks, and Katrina Kemp told Daily Mail it was the wrong move for Disney to cancel the roles of the seven dwarves in its Snow White remake. The movie, movie studio said it was rethinking them after Peter Dinklage called the story and roles backwards. Dinklage made $1.2 million per episode of Game of Thrones, some actors are calling him selfish for his comments on the Snow White movie. Postal was the leprechaun on WWE for 10 years and was in The Muppets. Uh, said he is begging Disney for the role. 
Peter Dinklage may be the biggest dwarf actor of all time, but it doesn't make him King Dwarf, Postel said. <laughs> Kemp, who was in uh, Glow on Netflix, said the issue is far more complex than Disney is allowing it to be. She said writing characters out of the remake entirely does more damage than casting anyone in them. Um, Jeff Brooks, 62, said he has never been offended by the story throughout his 30-year career as an actor. So getting to the actual story, dwarf actors have reacted furiously to Disney canceling the Seven Dwarves from its Snow White remake after Game of Thrones star Peter Dinklage, who played the imp, called them offensive, saying the decision robs them of work and the chance to fulfill what for some is a dream role. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I just, I misconstrued. Uh, speaking to DailyMail.com after Disney's decision to rethink the characters, multiple actors and agents said there are plenty who would have happily accepted the jobs that Dinklage, a Golden Globe winner who was paid $1.2 million per episode of Game of Thrones, said were backwards. Yeah, here's the thing. First of all, Dinklage can say what he wants. Yeah. If he thinks it's backwards, that's his right to think that and express that. Yeah. But the fact that Disney made this decision based on just Dinklage's word. Yeah. I mean, I bet there's a million dwarfs out there. Not literally, but hundreds, thousands mm-hmm. perhaps, of dwarf actors who would jump at the chance to play the dwarves in Snow White because they're not offensive. Right. And it's, Dinklage, an iconic, it's an iconic role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if Dinklage thinks that role is beneath him, then okay, don't, then, 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 don't, then don't audition. Go on your way. But, yeah, just because he's a, played a, a, a major dwarf in a show doesn't mean he has to go out. And that's where the hypocrisy comes in. It doesn't have to. I don't does, understand that. Yeah, he played. He is, does he want to go back and give back all that, all that fame, all that wealth, um, yeah. for one of the the greatest shows? Yeah. Out there, no. Just don't. This you don't have to be in this one if you don't think it's proper or right. It, I think it is very selfish of him to say. So the actors say Dinklage is not the authority on what the community as a whole finds offensive and that in canceling the roles, Disney has done far more damage to them than good. Some are now begging Disney to bring the parts back and are begging for the chance to audition for them. It makes me so sick to my stomach to think that there are seven roles for dwarfs that can't get normal acting roles or very few and far between roles, and now they are gone because of this guy. That's true. That's true. It's unless you have a lot of the characters, a lot of the roles out there that are that are where dwarves are casted it's it's specifically because they are a part of it is because they are a dwarf and it fits into the role now of course there's there's probably plenty of films out there that if the right dwarf actor came in and just absolutely nailed it they're like okay yeah this this person can be but i bet you that they have a harder chance of getting of getting roles because yeah absolutely it's just not they're typecast exactly yes and while that you might concede that is fair is not fair like this was a huge opportunity mm-hmm. and not an incorrect one whatsoever um, that was Postal speaking, and he says later, when he was cast as a little person role in Lord of the Rings, he wasn't in Lord of the Rings, or in a Game of Thrones, or an elf, or this, that, or the other thing, those checks cast just fine. He had no issue then, but now he wants to be progressive? Come on, man. Um, so, scrolling down, I don't know if Peter Dinklage is still acting or if he is done now, but I don't know. It's pretty selfish. People came before him. If it is his mindset that he wants to be the only one, then you got to grow up, man. It's not helping our community. Uh, it's taking jobs away from our community that are very few and far between as it is. That's all postal speaking. Um, 
The story Postal added has become the latest victim of our, quote, woke nation. We are in a society and a time of woke and progression, and I get that, to an extent. But this is a fairy tale. This is a fairy tale about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Dwarves are one of the focuses. They are literally in the title. When I grew up, all I wanted to do was uh, is be a professional wrestler and work for WWE. When I was 19 years old, they were casting for a leprechaun, a person of my stature to be on to be an on-air talent. I can never in a million years have gotten a job with WWE as one of their main superstars. I am not six foot, I'm not 250 pounds, but this role as the leprechaun was made for me. For 10 years, I got to live my absolute childhood dream as horns woggled the leprechaun on WWE. If a, dwarf, if a dwarf just dreams of being an actor and in a Disney film, then this role is made for them. You're taking those roles of not just one, but seven little people away because you feel like we have to make progression? It's so stupid, it's just dumb. You're doing worse for the community than better. The story is now Snow White and the seven normal-sized people. Um, he, he goes on and on. Um, so you get the gist. Uh, and then there's like uh, there's that dwarf that played Mini-Me in uh, Austin Powers. Again, oh, yeah. part of the joke was his size. Mm -hmm. And if you're offended by that, if you're a little person and you're offended by it, don't apply for the role. Yeah. I think that these dwarves that wanted to apply for this job because of the job that it was, like it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, they're accepting what, like, they're accepting their hand, the, the, the hand that they were dealt. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. They're making the best of it. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with doing that. If you were born with dwarfism, do you all of a sudden go, okay, well, everything now in the world is offensive to me because it's not necessarily altered to me? Or do I accept what I've been given and blessed with on this earth and I take advantage of that. I think you should take advantage of that. Like you should be thrilled to live the life you're living and and make it the absolute best you can instead of just looking at everyone else and saying, oh, look what I don't have. Like you're gonna be miserable that way. Yeah. So this job, you could look at it and be like, wow, that seems so offensive, which it's not. Or you can be like this, like I've been waiting for something like this. Like I'm thrilled to apply for it and possibly get it. And, and you know, live out, you know, a, a, a dream I've had for acting or live out, you know, whatever it is. Um, I fully accept who I am. I'm a dwarf. It's not going to change. So I'm just going to make the best of it. Yeah. It seems like Peter took that, or what he said, um, came to take that away from a lot of people. Last story and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, Captain America, Brave New World. Uh Coming out in 2024, it was originally called Captain America New World Order. And apparently a lot of people had backlash to that name, so they changed it to Brave New World. What's ironic is that Brave New World um, is no less offensive to the, probably the same types of people. Um, Brave New World is a dystopian novel uh, written in 1931. And I haven't read it myself, but apparently it has a lot to do with colonization um so you know the same people that are offended by the idea of uh there being a new world order or being called part of the new world order are the same people who would say colonization is the worst thing imaginable and yet the name of the movie was changed from new world order to brave new world brave new world being associated with colonization so i'm curious if they're going to change it yet again but uh, no, because now it look they look foolish. It look it looks foolish the first time. Yeah, but so not this article from Collider: Why did Captain America: Brave New World change its name? Uh, we haven't gotten a new Captain America film since Captain America: Civil War in 2016, and while the Falcon in the Winter Soldier gave us a first look at Sam Wilson 
in the Star-Spangled Suit, he still hasn't made his big screen debut as the titular hero. But that's finally changing. The fourth Captain America film is finally under production, and with it came an unexpected controversy. The film, originally titled Captain America New World Order, abruptly changed its name to Captain America Brave New World after a lot of backlash to the original title. But what was so wrong with it? Well, New World Order being a real-world anti-Semitic conspiracy theory seems like it would certainly be enough to justify a change. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, when I hear about the New World Order today, it has nothing to do with Jewish people. It's about the uh, elites um, like Bill Gates and Jeffrey Bezos and just the super elite, uh, elite rich people, uh, people in political power like Biden and Obama and all them leading the world, um, coronavirus, COVID-19, all that stuff. Um, when I hear about the New World Order today, it's I've never heard of it. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure it's still uh, used as an anti-Semitic thing, but I think they're using that as a shield because mm-hmm. really, Hollywood is a part of the quote-unquote New World Order. <laughs> they are they are carrying out the government's agenda at every turn. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the article says if you've ever heard someone talk about a global cabal or the deep state or some sort of secret ruling sector of society dead set on manipulating the world to its will, that's a reference to the New World Order conspiracy. The idea that there's a secret global government pulling the strings and brainwashing people has deep ties to anti-Semitic beliefs that Jewish people are somehow secretly puppeteering the entire planet to line their pockets. The phrase isn't always used with the intent to espouse anti-Semitism, but it's so often used in that way that it's become nearly impossible to divorce it from its most nefarious meaning. Nah. (laughs) With the historical ties to hate movements, this phrase cannot be disconnected from its dangerous roots. And it certainly can't be casually used for a fun, family-friendly Captain American flip. Who says it can't be used for a casually, for a fun, family-friendly Captain America flick? I'm sure New World Order is a bad thing in the movie that they're trying to stop. So why can't they do that? Um, the article says, "What does Captain America stand for? Justice, patriotism, and looking out for the little guy are usually the go-tos, but it's more than just that." Captain America is a unifying symbol meant to embody the best of what America can be, even when the country isn't living up to those expectations. Whether it was Steve Rogers uh, fighting bullies in alleys, a super soldier taking on Hydra in World War II, or Sam Wilson taking on the mantle to fight new problems in a broken world, Captain America has always fought to make the world a safer and more humane place. It sounds like taking taking down a new world order would achieve that, but Mm -hmm. go off, I guess. Yeah. To associate that New World Order with any version of Captain America is as much a disservice to his character as making him join Hydra was in the comics. Okay, so maybe, I don't know, but maybe New World Order referred to what Captain America in the movie is going to establish. In which case, Hollywood was pretty stupid to to, <laughs> to cause that connection. Because to me, that makes Captain America come across as a villain. Yeah. Um... My assumption was that the New World Order is what they're trying to stop in the movie, but I could be completely wrong about that. Um, Again, go off, I guess. The idea of conspiracy and even global conspiracy are nothing new to the character, but when that fictional conspiracy is even nominally tied to a real-world one with historical weight or prejudice, we can't just let that slide. Why, why is this person... Whoever's writing this is saying we as a society, like she has any authority to determine what, what is acceptable or not. It's kind of annoying. For a film studio that so often sanitizes the more overtly political elements of its stories, allowing such a blazing red flag to go by would be absolutely ridiculous. 
and when all the other titles have been so straightforward, this feels like an unnecessary and extreme departure. Not to mention, it's such a vague sub sub subtitle that the only possible thing we could think to associate with are the terrible real-world real, real origins it has. Um, so the new title, Brave New World, is a reference to the Aldous Huxley novel of the same name. It's a book commonly taught in high schools to introduce the concept of dystopias. So that's another reason that it makes me think that New World Order is referring to the bad thing, is because Brave New World, which is a dystopian book, is also referring to the, to the bad thing. So which is it? Is the New World Order what Captain America is trying to stop or what he's trying to enact? If it's what he's trying to stop, then it makes perfect sense to put New World Order as the title, in my opinion, because it's no different than Brave New World. Um, the book place takes, takes place in a dystopian future society called the World State, where from birth people are forced to express both their emotions and their individuality. The society reveres science and utilizes eugenics to create a perfect society, but it's ultimately a, ultimately a flawed system, as any dystopia is. This new title is not only still very similar to the original, but as a literary reference will carry more thematic weight. No, I, I think uh, New World Order did that just fine. Um, anyway, it's just weird that they changed it from one offensive thing to another. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually curious if people are going to, uh, to complain about that. Um, any final thoughts? No, Raylan. I just think they're, as always, the Wokies are deep diving into stuff that just doesn't need to be dove into and just making a mountain out of a molehill. Yep. And it's really just making them, like, more upset at the end of the day. Like, my, my question is always, why do you want to live in a world where you're just offended so much and everything, like, hurts and everything sucks? Like, why, why do you not want to attempt to do things to make life better for yourself? Like, accepting. Like, not being offended, because those are both things you choose to do. You choose to accept things the way they are. You choose to change them, or you choose to be offended. Um, and in their minds, they're like, well, by us demanding this change, by being offended and demanding this change, it's going to be better. We're going to like it better. No, because they're still going to do something wrong at the end of the day. It's a constant need and desire that you're offended or that something isn't good enough. And right. So you just live in this perpetual state of nothing is good enough. Yeah, it's a sad life, man. Mm -hmm. Just enjoy things. Yeah. Let people enjoy things. Yeah, let people enjoy things. There's I mean, And there's obviously a difference between true things that happen, have happened in the world that were like, this needs to be stopped. This should not be, this should not be the way that it is in the world. Yeah. But what you guys are asking for is, is, is such benign little things. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the time we have, all we have to talk about today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Scrivenat, throw some money our way. If not, uh, share the show with friends, leave comments and reviews and all that good stuff. Subscribe to all the things. All the things. Uh, but thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.